part three of God Needs You. And this is still based off of Galatians 5, 19 through 22. And, and part three, we're going to be discussing sexual immorality, lust, and impurity. And each one, I'm going to be explaining. And how somebody with this, this spirit, you know... The study is based on our sinful natures, you know, but the thing is, it doesn't matter how long you've been struggling in the, in these areas, God can still deliver you. You don't have to follow the generation curses that maybe came from your family line. You know, um, a lot of times people, they put titles on you. You know, and say, oh, you're going to be just like your sister. Or you're just going to be like your mother. You know, having babies. There's always something in the world, you know. And I myself have been attacked in those areas. Because my sister, for instance, got pregnant at 14, 15 years old. And my mom, she got pregnant around the same age. So... Of course, there were people who they were saying, like, I was going to end up the same way, you know, and so I know a little bit about this. So if you've been struggling with that to where people have always, you know, said that you're going to be like somebody in your family or um, say like you had fun once and you're, it's been following you around for years, you know, but this is a generation curse that can actually be broken and you having a free will, like all of us do have a free will. We don't have to follow in the lines of those generation curses, regardless of what anybody says, you know, and so if one of the things that you struggle with is sexual immorality you know God can deliver you from that it doesn't matter you know your reputation as maybe a young person you know in your teenage years maybe you um, had a lot of partners or say like that's the way you thought you had to be in order for boys to like you or even girls you know so this doesn't exempt guys either at a young age you know there's that that kind of pressure that even people feel like well being a virgin is this big old bad thing you know meaning nobody loves you nobody cares about you and this spirit can actually you know, the enemy can come and put these thoughts in your mind or use people to do it. I've heard people say like, well, from a female, you know, saying, well, if this guy doesn't sleep with me, then that means he doesn't like me. You know, so the enemy, the enemy has corrupted our mindset, you know, especially at a very young age. Whether you've seen family members do it, whether you've seen, you know, things that that's just how it's done. Or if you've been in that area where it's just like, well, it seems like the ones that get boyfriends or girlfriends are the ones that put out. But that's not how you have to be. And it doesn't matter about your past. You know what I'm saying? It does not matter about your past. I've also, you know, ministered to people before about the situation. You know, and I remember there was like this young lady who she, you know, she came to me, you know, to get ministered to. And I taught her the word of God. And so right away she was just explaining all kinds of stuff, you know, and I didn't really need her to explain it to me because basically her aunt and her aunt's friend already explained it to me, 
I didn't ask about it, but right away they were already telling me, you know, you got to be careful with her. And we're actually in church, <laughs> you know, we're actually in church. And at this moment I had my own classroom and it was just like, okay. And this girl, she was in her, you know, her teens and her late teens. And so she thought that she was like cursed by this, you know, she thought that there's no way of going back. She already built up a, a reputation for herself. But I told her that that's not true because God can even erase our reputations, you know, just serve him and he'll take care of everything. And she explained to me because of her promiscuous background, you know, she lost a lot of friends. And I go, well, and I go, God could restore it, you know, God can restore it. So same thing with you, God can restore you. And the first scripture I want to go to about sexual immorality, it says 1 Corinthians 7 verse 9. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Okay, this scripture says you'll burn with passion. Others take the scripture meaning you'll go, go to hell. And you'll burn literally. Burning with passion, what it means is this uncontrollable spirit that takes over. That's why people can sleep with multiple people, you know, multiple partners, because they can't stop. Because it becomes painful. You know, burning with lust, burning with this passion, it does become painful if you, people feel as though, you know what, I must, you know, take care of this, whether by myself or with a partner or else this feeling won't go away and so it becomes harder to stay faithful in a committed relationship so what happens in this area okay when it says you know if you cannot control yourself they should marry now I don't know what age group you're in. Maybe you're in your teens or you're a young adult, you know, or if you're older, you know. But what happens is, okay, this is what the spiritual realm happens. See, in the physical realm, okay, in the physical realm, what happens? You know, when you're not married, right? And you meet somebody, right? You like him, he likes you, she likes you, you know, you like her, well, what's the problem? But see, that's why it says, you know, if you cannot control yourself, it's better to marry. See, in the world, it teaches us, you know, that the things that we have to worry about is what? pregnancy and getting diseases so what happens you hook up with somebody and then you're all like oh thank god i didn't get pregnant <laughs> oh thank god you know i didn't get a disease and so you think that you're clear right you're in the clear or three you maybe you guys found love maybe you guys end up being in a committed relationship but see people that have like this problem you know with um with sexual immorality it's deeper than that having this spirit where it's it's hard to control those urges you may look at somebody and say like oh well whatever they just that's just how they are and people really need to stop saying that because the thing is that's not how god made us god didn't intend sex to be this um this thing that's uncontrollable he meant it for marriage he meant it you know for pleasure but in marriage and see 
like I was explaining the physical world, we worry about pregnancy and um, diseases, right? And then we're like, oh, thank God. Thank you, God, that it didn't happen, you know, and I dodged a bullet, right? That's how I used to talk. <laughs> but anyways, but in the spiritual realm, you think that you dodged that bullet, but you didn't. Because now in the spiritual realm, okay, this is where it really gets down to it. In the spiritual realm, you did catch something. You caught a spirit. That's why it's called the spiritual realm. So what ends up happening is, say like if it was your first time being with somebody, regardless if it was your first time or not, but say like it was your first time, right? And you're all like, well, he liked me or, hey... You know, she, I liked her for a long time and I saw her at a party and she let me, you know what I'm saying? But what happens in the spiritual realm is now every partner that that person had, okay, the spirits that they carried now, because you became one with them, see, becoming one with somebody is not just a marriage term. It means literally becoming one with somebody. What ends up happening is whatever spirits you carry, just jumped into them. Whatever spirits they carried, just jumped into you. Because of that one night. Or multiple nights. And see, what people don't understand is when things like this happen, you know, it's not the major reason but it's one of the reasons why some people, they um, carry that, let's just say it, homosexual spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. You can go into a point where the thoughts come and you can stop it. You know, you could be a female. You could look at another female and say she's very pretty. You know, she's gorgeous. But then a thought comes and says, man, she's hot. And you'll be like, uh-uh, shut up. <laughs> you know, you'll be telling the enemy, shut up. Or same thing with a guy. He's a good looking dude. You know? And then the thought comes. Well, he's gorgeous, man. If I would be gay, I would definitely go after that one. Thoughts pop into our mind. The enemy will put those thoughts there. But it's up to us to stop it. That's why we have free will. And so, and that can go in different areas. There's some that just want to because it attracts more people, you know. Some women, they go, they'll kiss another girl because it attracts more men or vice versa, you know. Where you see in movies where guys... They're with their buddy and then there'll be like one girl and then the girl will be like, well, I'll do whatever you guys want if you guys kiss. And then the guys are all like, come on, let's do it. You know, sometimes they'll go that far. But see, the thought will come, you know, or the opportunity, so-called opportunity will come and it's up to you if you want to do it. That's what free will is. But see what happens is when you have sexual relations with somebody, their spirits, whatever spirits are in them, just jumped on you, jumped in you. So now say like if they themselves slept with somebody who maybe slept with the homosexual or somebody that was practicing in homosexuality, you know, or three ways or whatever, you know multiple partners at the same time now those spirits just jumped into you and see a lot of times what happens in the spiritual realm when um that's why you see certain people you know you're thinking like oh well that's only what a prostitute does or it's just like no what people don't understand is actually there is prostitution in marriage there's actually prostitution you know, it doesn't always have to mean, you know, like um, man with man or girl with girl. Prostitution can come in different areas. 
even in marriage. Always getting something for something. You know, I'll do this if you do this. Or there's even a scripture that's in the Bible that says, you know what, if... Say, like, you're at a place, right? And, <laughs> for instance, like me. Okay, one time I remember years ago, I was at the grocery store, you know, and I saw a guy and he looked at me, I looked at him, and whatever, I was buying groceries and we didn't talk but he was cute you know he knew was cute and so he went to like the next aisle and so I went to the next aisle and it's just like you know and I did it on purpose even though I wasn't really needing anything you know and just to see if maybe he'll come over and talk to me right so nothing happened then I went home and <laughs> I opened up the Bible and there was a scripture and man I should have wrote it down but actually it came out so blunt and maybe you guys can find it but it says you're worse than a prostitute because at least a prostitute gets paid for it and you're just giving it out there and I'm just like whoa so when that experience happened to me it was just like I knew that I knew you know even Right? The Bible even says if we even look lustfully at a person. I know it says, men, if you look lustful at a woman, then you already committed adultery. Well, it goes for us women too. But when I actually saw that scripture, that even if it's just like, you know, they go to an aisle, you go to an aisle, and you're like following them, hoping something would happen, you know? And it doesn't always have to be something sexual. But... It depends, you know, it's what, all that matters is how God sees it. But it says, you know, it's better to marry, you know. And the reason why God wants you to m wait until you get married, okay. And this even goes for a lot of us who, you know, we already did the deed, you know. We're already adults. Maybe you came to Christ a little bit later, you know. And now you want to get it right. Now you don't want to sin against him. So now you make the choice, you know what? I don't want to sin against you, God. So you can actually pray and tell God to take away these desires. You know, that way you don't fall into sin. And it don't matter if you've, say like if you are having these lustful um, desires. You know, when you're having these passions and they're just like literally hurting you you know and it's just like this unbearable thing that's why a lot of people they sometimes they turn to uh, prostitution you know or they turn to you know just not even prostitution just you know sleeping with multiple partners and it becomes harder same thing with pornographic you know porn where somebody gets so addicted to that to where they're with their partner but their partner can't satisfy them because now they fed all this stuff that they've seen in these videos and porn doesn't necessarily have to be the three X's on a on a videotape or a DVD the way God sees also what can be porn is you could be watching a chick flick you could be watching an action movie you could be watching any kind of movie you know but with a certain sexual scene in it and the film industry will you know will come up with the excuse like well they have clothes under you know they're not really doing anything but it's just like either way there's nudity you know either way they're moving back and forth either way that still gives the um the impression of it and so the enemy can come and say so many things, you know, and say, oh, well, they're wearing clothes or it's not that serious or they're acting. But how many times have we heard about actors falling in love on set? You see what I'm saying? It's like how many times, you know, before you know it, they're all like, oh, well, oh, we're just acting, you know, it's not there's no feelings there there's nothing there it's just we just kiss and there's nothing there 
but you do hear these actors, you know, where they're put on the spot and they say, oh, okay, well, we're going to show you a list of guys that you've kissed in movies, you know, and you tell us if, you know, if they're a good kisser or not, and they can actually rate them. So if they can actually rate them, then there's, there's something going on. Not always, not something sexual, but, you know, either way, there's still some kind of feeling behind it. You know, and I'm not saying that's pornographic, but my point is, even watching certain movies, we gotta watch it because that's an open door. You know, I remember when I got saved, of course, I was like in my early 20s, and then I told God, you know what, I don't want to sin against you. So take away these sexual desires until I get married, you know, until I say I do. I'll wait for the husband you want me to have or you're going to bring me, you know, until we say I do. But take these desires away from me because I don't want to sin against you. And he did. And the reason why I'm bringing up movies is because I, you know, I felt free and I was like, I was good. And then I was watching movies, you know, just regular movies and, you know, certain scenes that used to be like my favorite scenes, you know, in the movies. And I'm just like thinking that guy's hot. But then it was just like me being God delivering me from it. Now it was just like, ah, they're all right. (laughs) It wasn't having the same effect on me like it used to. But while I'm watching these movies, you know, and just watching any kind of movie, like I said, it doesn't always have to be pornographic. But I'm watching these movies, you know, these love scenes, you know, and not always sexual, you know. But, and then before you know it, I heard it in my spirit, like, don't go back to what I just delivered you out of. And I'm like, what? And he goes, you're opening the door. Don't go back to that. And I'll, that, when I heard that in my spirit, it was just like, okay, God. And sure enough, you know, and it depends on you, you know, it really does. It depends on you of how far you want to take this. But with me, it had to, I had to throw away so many DVDs. I had to throw away, yes, I had VHSs, (laughs) you know, and. And then I'm like, okay, and especially when it came to, like, other kind of movies, you know, of course, like, horror movies or whatever, and it was just like, okay, and there were some times where I'm looking at the DVD, and I'm like, I don't think there's anything in this one, you know, and then the Holy Spirit will remind me of a scene that it has. And I know it's Holy Spirit because especially movies I haven't seen for a long time. And I used to have, like, maybe, like, 500 and some videos, you know, movies, and... I had to get rid of so many, you know, and so it was like, okay, and I was like, mm, I don't think this one has anything, and then Holy Spirit will come and show me a scene again, you know, remind me of a scene that's in there, and then it's just like, so before you know it, it was, I was just listening to Holy Spirit, and I was throwing away movies, and then, um, just in case if you're thinking like, well, then I just won't watch them, but I'm not going to throw them away, because you know how much money they cost? Well, there was a time, too, where (laughs) I did the same thing. I was just like, well, I'm not going to throw them away, you know. I'm just like, I already threw so many away. That's a waste of money. So I was just like, I'm not going to just watch them. I'm just not going to watch it. And then before you know it, somebody will come over, like a family member, and and while they're waiting or while they're kicking back or whatever, I'm like, ah, pick whatever movie you want. And they put in a movie, and then sure enough, the movie has a certain scene. And then I'm like, ooh, And then the Holy Spirit's all like, it don't matter whether you watch it or not. When it's still, you know, when it's still there, there's still a possibility somebody's going to pop it into the DVD. And it's just like, get rid of it. And I was like, okay. So more and more, I threw so much more movies away and I had to close all those doors. You know, and... Even going to like movie theaters and now it was just like, <laughs> and now it's just like, you know, going through, um, 
you know, the internet and being all like, well, what does this movie show? Is there any nudity? Is there any this? Is there any that? You know, and God was delivering me from all kinds of stuff. So it's not something I'm telling you to do to be, you know, um, controlling or anything like that. It's just that God cares about you so much. He doesn't want those open doors. And especially say like if you are blessed enough to know somebody that loves you and they care about you and it's hard for you to, you're just like, man, I don't know if I can be with just one man. I don't know if I could be with just one woman. I'm willing to try it, but these urges come and I'm not getting the satisfaction, you know, just from one man. See, so there's a lot of times where it's just like you do, you have to go to God and say, you know what, God? take this away from me but God's gonna need you to do it that way you don't burn with passion and see the reason why he wants you to wait until marriage because when you actually get married to somebody okay and I'm talking about a real marriage I'm talking about actually being in front of the um whether it's uh the judge you know at a courthouse or whether it's in a church Either way, God's going to bless it. He will bless it because the thing is, at least you're trying to do right. And that's all that matters to him. So, you get married, okay? Say like you do wait, right? You get married to somebody. Now, here's the thing. Now, you guys get married, right? And then, on your wedding night, you know, then what happens when you guys become one his spirits stay in him. Your spirits stay in you. There is no swapping spirits. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing being swapped in the spiritual realm. Now, it's you that needs to go and get prayed for. It's him that needs to go and get prayed for. And say, you know what? And I've seen it. I've actually seen it in um, where I go to prayer night. And I'm seeing these girls who used to be promiscuous, you know, and they're getting prayed for. And before you know it, they're spitting up, they're throwing up. And why? It's because of all those spirits that they carried. You know, so this itself, it, it carries a lot. You know, and I got to speak about this stuff because, you know what, holding back and watering things down People don't know and people need to know of why it's so serious to wait until marriage. Why it's so serious to get delivered. Because a lot of times we, we see things like this where they're all like, well, I know a person and they slept with so many people. And what happens is they didn't get no disease and they didn't get pregnant and they didn't, you know, and we see people like that maybe there's people that a lot of us know where there's always that one person that seems like they cheated <laughs> you know they cheated you know the I guess the system they cheated where they never got disease they never got pregnant they never you know and it's just like well if they can do it you know I can do it so and all the spiritual stuff I don't know you're just trying to ruin my fun but I've seen it where people actually do it, right? And they're being promiscuous. It takes time. You know, I know somebody right now that, you know what? It took time. Years down the line, I finally see them again. And then they're just, they just look dried up. You can see like the life is just sucked out of them. And this is a person that picked men over their own kids. This is a person that there was no boundaries. If somebody found them attractive, they would go with them. And now they're paying for it. And they used to love taking pictures. Now they don't even want to be in front of a camera. Now they're hooked up on drugs. So, it's up to you. But it's better to get delivered now.
Okay, let's go to the next one. I hope that... I know there's a lot of details, but it has, it has to be said. Now, the second one is lustful pleasures. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. For everything in the world, which is the lust of flesh, and you can find the lust of flesh in Galatians 5, 16. So, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you'll not indulge in the desires of the flesh. The lust of the eyes. You can find in Proverbs 6.25. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty. Or let her captivate you with her eyes. You know. Come on. People know what that means. Just like I gave the example at the store. <laughs> you know. Just like I gave that example at the store. You know. Just like one look, you know. And there's times where you see somebody and they just... All they have to do is just give you one little look. I'm not saying that you'll fall for it. I'm not saying that, you know, it's going to do, like, like serious things. But um, what ends up happening is just, like, that one look. Come on, from across the rooms. Any People, they know how to use that look. And then before you know it, you're just, like... Especially those ones that are really obvious. They just keep looking at you and you're just like, you know, or it gives you that little nod like a mirror. You know, don't let it captivate you. And the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Having that pride of, you know what, I can do whatever I want. Right? Let's go to Romans chapter 6, 15 through 16. Paul writes, What then? Are we to sin because we are no longer under the law but under grace? But no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourself to someone as obedient slaves, you are the slaves of the ones you obey? Whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15. The CEB version. Everyone is tempted by their own cravings. They are lured away and entered by them. Okay, they're entered. What did I tell you? Those spirits enter you. Verse 15, once those cravings conceive, they give birth to sin. And when sin grows up, it gives birth to death. Okay, so that backs up everything I was saying a little bit earlier, what I was saying. You know, what happened, you know, with the spirits, right? The spirits jump into you they and their spirits jump into that your spirits jump into them and their spirits jump into you, you know, and so it gives birth to more sin and it takes that time. But it says, you know, if you are obedient to sin, then you're going to cause more sin. If you're obedient to, um, you know, to righteousness, then you'll become righteous. And so... You got to watch it. It does, you know, birth more sin. Watching movies, that's an open door. It might not take a toll right now, you know, and it might not have no effect on you. It's just entertainment for you, you know. But why is it that sometimes other movies, they seem boring unless they have some kind of sexual scene or they seem boring, you know, if they don't have like a love scene. You know, so what happens is just like, it takes time. It's birthing, you know, it's birthing more sin in you. 
And there's times where people, they go and they can't be committed. Or they could stay committed, but why is it that a lot of people, they go, well, that's the fun I have, you know. And if I don't have that, then I'm not having fun or there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I'm not going through all this stuff. I'm just with one person. It don't matter if you're just with one person. If you are not married, that's still considered sin. Regardless, if you're sleeping with 12, 13 people, you know, or two or three partners versus a person that's just sleeping with one partner. When you're not married, you're not married. And God still sees it as sin. So if you cannot control your desires, might as well get married. And if you don't see that person as really marriage material, then why waste your time? You know, and this is where a lot of people, they need to go to God about this. Because a lot of times we don't want to get married because we've been hurt. We don't want to get married because maybe our father, maybe our mothers, they... They never got married, so, you know, and so, you just see it as a bad thing instead of as a blessing. But when you get married, what happens is God will bless that marriage. You know what I'm saying? God will bless it. And don't get me wrong, I know there's probably Christian couples out there that you're just like, well, this person was married and they still got cheated on and, you know, but see, the reason why things like that happen is because they didn't have these keys that I'm giving you right now. The keys of closing those doors, the keys that says, you know what, you got to get rid of those movies, you got to watch what you watch. You know, your eyes, they open up, you know, that portal of sin. You think it's just a harmless movie, but it's not. You think watching that other person and it's not harm, you know, harmless. There's always consequences. You know, there's always going to be consequences. So, let's go to the next one. Impurity. Sexual immorality goes with what the Bible talks about. Okay. But, it's more than that. Impurity really includes all kinds of sin. And what you carry inside of you. Any activity, thoughts, word, or action that does not conform to God's will for our lives. No one's perfect. Only God, right? So, how do we practice righteousness? The way we can go from our sinful nature to becoming the new creation that God calls us to have, calls us, you know, to have. You know, he's calling you. He's calling you to be righteous. And the way you could do that, for example, is, you know, staying away from certain things that tempt you. You know, how do you practice that righteousness? You know, um, you know, there's, say like if you have like that kind of heart that, you know what, you never want to get anybody into trouble, Right. There's times where, say like if, um, say like you have a friend, right, that is battling some kind of addiction, right? They're battling some kind of addiction. They're battling drinking. They're battling all this other stuff. So what's going to happen? You would do whatever you can to not bring that temptation around. You know, an example I like to use and probably (laughs) is just an example, but The way I can best uh, describe it is just like probation, you know, is when, you know, how like when somebody's on probation, you will do whatever you can to not, um, 
cause them to fall, right? You don't say like if they're on probation, right? They can't be around alcohol. They can't be around drugs. They can't be around, um, sometimes they can't be around people who have a criminal record, right? They have probation officers that can just show up anytime that they want and, right? It doesn't matter if you're carrying it and they're not. They still go to jail because you have it in your pocket. So before you go to that person's house, what do you do? You make sure you're not carrying anything. You make sure it's just like, well, um, you're going to do whatever you can. And especially if you're one of those good friends that says, you know what? Well, they're on probation. That stinks. But instead of going to this party, I'm going to kick back with them. You know, my plans was this, but I'm going to put my plans aside and I'm going to help them. Or there's times where, um, you know, just like probation. And the reason why I use probation, okay, I'm not saying that God's like some kind of probation officer. You know, I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to use this as an example because the best way to describe the spiritual realm is to bring up something from the physical realm. Right? From something that's everyday to going into that new creation to where it's easier for you to comprehend it's easier for you to be like you know what if I did this in the world I can do this for God you know if going certain places you know and representing God in a certain way okay I can do that and so what happens is it's just practice and a lot of people, they would, you know, they would make fun of me when I was in the world because I'll be like, well, and they would ask me, you know, well, what religion do you practice? What, you know, it's just like, well, my family's Christian, but we're not practicing Christians. And they go, come on, Marie, there's no such thing as a practicing Christians and they'll laugh. But honestly, yes, there is. When you practice is... And I go, what I meant, and even though I didn't know the word of God back then when I was in the world, I still told him what I just mean by that is we don't follow the Bible. You know, so it's the same thing when you become that brand new creation. There's certain people you got to stay away from and, and it's just like, it's not trying to be better than them I know there's a lot of times people will look at you being like what you think you're better than me and it's not that and you don't have to have a problem with um alcohol in order to stay away from parties that have alcohol it's just making a stance and you know what I choose God right I choose him I choose his ways so if I have to stay away from parties because maybe I'll bump into that ex. Maybe some of you guys are probably like, there is no ex that will, <laughs> right? There's like, there's like no ex, you know? I used to think the same thing. I'm all like, there is no ex that's going to make me fall, <laughs> you know? And, but of course the enemy will come and bring somebody, you know? And you're just like, you're seeing everybody else have fun and you're seeing, and you're being stuck at home and you're just like, man, this is boring. But I've actually, I know somebody right now that's serving 18 years because he got bored. And I never thought that he would actually serve. I never thought really he would be found guilty. You know, he's in prison right now for certain things. And I still to this day, I don't believe he did it. You know, but I wasn't there. But he's serving 18 years. You know, he was a Christian. And I'm like, man, this guy would pick people up for church. And I'm just like, okay, there's no way. There's no way that God's going to, um, you know, allow the the judge to find him guilty. Or the, um, you know, the jury. 
and first day of court everything was good second day of court forget it they found him guilty 18 years all because he got bored and people told him don't go because this girl kept calling him over and over and over she kept calling him and calling him and calling him saying hey give me a ride hey let's hang out hey you know and And sure enough, he's just like, you know what, I'm going to go. And his mom told him, don't go. I have a really bad feeling, don't go. And he goes, ah, you and your bad feelings, I'll be right back. I'm just going to go give her a ride. Well, the next day, the cop showed up, asked about him. I go, he's not here. And then sure enough, he comes and they take him to jail. It took a while for the court to come, but sure enough, they did. Like I said, they found him guilty. And even though the evidence, it was just, you know, it wasn't like concrete evidence, but still, they found him guilty. And I was like blown away because I was just like, wow, how can this have happened? But see, this is why it's very important because when you think that you know what's best for your life, you know, the way to make sure that you do stay out of that trouble, okay, when you're not doing wrong, right, when you are not doing wrong and you are at a bad, bad the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, then... God will get you out. But if you are in a territory where, say, like you do go to a party and you're in that kind of situation, now you're in the enemy's territory. And all because, you know, I mean, sure enough, he hooks up with the girl. The girl turns around and accuses him of something he didn't do. You know, she tried to rip him off. Steal from him. Hit him. Hand up hitting her back because of self-defense. And now he's still serving time. And it's been, I think, 13 years. So if you have this lustful problem, it's not a joke. People, they think like, oh, well, I can read people. I can, you know, nothing's going to happen. They can't overpower me. I'm a strong person. It's not about that. But when you step into the enemy's territory, you know, especially if you're a person that just keeps playing with God and you keep chasing after women. Then you do okay for a while and then you can go again. You gotta let go of bad, you know, let go of people. Bad company ruins good morals. And it's just a way because if we're obedient to God, right, and we choose righteousness. Then if somebody comes and tries to talk and say something, God backs us up. You know, me for instance, I remember times that, you know, me being a woman, I would minister to men. You know, I'll minister to men. And there's times where um, somebody will come and say, oh, well, that doesn't look right, you know, for a woman to minister to a man. And, and try to discredit me, try to come against me. Right, I remember I used to minister to this guy, and his mom was the one going to church with me. She should have known me better, right? She should have known me better. She should have known, you know, and I was actually one of her leaders. So she already knew my testimony. She already knew that, you know what, I'm here to, I just want to please God. And I would. 
and her son would always want to call me, you know, and we used her phone. So he would always use her phone, you know, say, hey, I want to talk to Marie. And so every time he would call, I would minister to him, but I would always use the word of God. I never, you know, asked him, hey, let's meet up. I never said that, you know, never. All I did was ever answer his questions. If he would ask me something, I will answer him. Even if it's certain things that he's <laughs> he's asking me and saying, you know what, is this right? Is this wrong? You know, I feel like when this person does this, you know, doesn't feel right to me, you know, or like the word of God says this. And I think what happened is like her, his mom got jealous because he would rather listen to me than listen to her. But at home, it was because she wasn't that Christian that she should have been at home. You can't play church. So one day she told him, she goes, oh, well, it doesn't look right that you keep calling her. Matter of fact, I don't want you calling her anymore. And everything was going good. I was ministering to him. I was showing him the word, the word of God, you know, and... He could have been in church by now. You know, God was using me to minister to this person. And so here she came. She goes, oh, that doesn't look right. You know, you better watch it. She probably will flirt with you. And he was the one that stuck up for me. He was the one that put his mom in place. And told her, one thing, Marie ain't like that. Anytime I've ever asked her a question, she's always giving me the word of God. She's always giving me scripture. She never flirted with me. She never came at me that way. She never wanted to meet up. She never asked me out. It was always the word of God. I came to her with the question and she always had the answer. You know, I did the best I could. So the thing is, when you do it righteously, God will have your back. He will even use the person that min you're ministering to. Especially this woman, she came to my church. You know, she ended up becoming one another leader. But she didn't like the fact that her son would listen to me. And this was always over the phone, you know. She didn't like that. She would come with the word of God and be like, well, why is he listening to you and he's not listening to me? And I'm telling you this because we got to close those doors. You can't be one foot in the world and one foot in God. You got to choose a side. Another scripture is John fifteen thirteen. There is no greater love than to lay down his sorry, there is no greater love than to lay down his life for one one's friends. Alright. Also the last scripture. Mark chapter twelve verse thirty one. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Right? So to put your life down for another person. Or to love somebody as you would yourself. The same respect that you would want people to give you. Give them. And even if they don't give it to you. Remember you're doing it for God. You know, and if you have like a friend or whatever and say like both of you guys are trying to serve God, then hold each other accountable. You know, be that kind of person that says, you know what, I'm going to do this. And you know what, our neighbor is not just neighbor, you know, next door to our house. Our neighbor is each other. You're my neighbor. I'm your neighbor. You know, you're my neighbor. I'm your neighbor. Your mom, your dad your brother, your sister, people at church, 
people in the store. We're all neighbors. So if you want to minister to somebody and you want to do it where, like when it comes to these three topics, you know, sexual immorality, lust, impurity, you know, I can minister to somebody else, but I can't do it if I'm acting in it. I can't do it if, you know, a lot of times people will come against me because they're all like, well, she's single, she's a leader, so it's just like, but it wasn't about that. People are always going to try to discredit you, especially in the very area that you're actually faithful in. You know, and be that one person that, you know what, they never see before. But you try to do the righteous thing, God will have your back. Trust me, he's had my back for so many years. When people have came and other leaders have came against me, even, you know, and it's just like, oh, that doesn't look right. This doesn't look right. And it's just like, but God would always back me up and says one thing, she hasn't done nothing. And what she's being accused of. Or he's being accused of. You do the righteous thing and you try to do your best. I know that people are going to still talk. But still to this day. People they look at me. You know. Like I am pure as white as snow. As white as snow. Right? God sees you as white as snow. And the reason why I can minister to you about this and I could talk about this is because I'm standing right with God. I'm not perfect. But with all this stuff, no. When I minister to a guy, I minister and that's it. I give the word of God and if anybody else sees wrong with it or especially some people, there's prejudice. They won't think twice if a guy was ministering to a girl. But the thing is, in order to lay your, down, your life down for somebody else, is trying to get it right. That way, instead of them looking at you, being all like, well, why should I listen to you? Because you're doing the same thing. You can actually say, no, I'm not. I've got it right with God. And you know what? Still to this day... It's already been like 10 years. And there's still people out there that have thrown my past in my face of something that I said 10 years ago of how I used to be. And it's like, really? You're bringing up something that happened 10 years ago that I said? But the thing is, the only thing that matters is God himself saying, not guilty. He sees me pure as white as snow. And the same thing can happen with you. So it's not about what people think. Yes, I understand. But when you are righteous and you try to be, it's not about our righteousness, it's about God's righteousness. And if I were to share testimonies, people would be looking at me like, I did not see you ever like that. And I go, ain't God good? <laughs> God is awesome. You know, God is amazing. You know, so that's what I told that young girl too. I go, God can erase that reputation that you made for yourself. And you know what? Anything that people throw on my face and some people... I'm telling you, sometimes it'll get so petty, guys, girls. Some people have thrown things, you know, in my face that maybe happened like in elementary school, middle school, high school. And I'm like, really? I'm in my 30s and you have to go that far back? And it's, it just, you know, rolls off my back. Because they don't have nothing recent to say. 
you know I've actually had leaders come against me and throw things in my face and it's just like are you kidding me there's been times where I've you know I've given bible studies or I've said things and I'm using it as an example of how good God is and what God has taken me out of and the enemy will always come to try to throw something in my face but as long as we stand righteous with God, it don't matter what anybody thinks or says about you. So if you already made a reputation for yourself because of something that happened in your past or say like you do have six kids, seven kids. And somebody comes and then they're all like, oh, see, she has all those kids. And no, God, if you're not married, God can give you a husband. Now, you know what? We'll take you and your kids. Take care of all of you. You know what I'm saying? To where they would just look at your kids and maybe he'll bring you a man that, you know, <laughs> a husband or a, a future wife that, you know what, that will look just like your kids and they can't even tell them apart. <laughs> God is so good. But God can erase your past. And if you're struggling with this kind of stuff now, give it to God. And that thing that you're worried about saying, you know what, well, Who's going to want me? And see like the. So the thing is like. In the Old Testament. They used to frown on women like that. You know saying that oh well. They had to wait until marriage. But the thing is that's what the blood of Christ did for us. It gave us that second chance. It don't matter if you have six kids. Seven kids. It don't matter if you're a grandmother. God still sees you white as snow. Your past is your past. And the enemy will always come to throw it in your face. But God himself will say, not guilty. So, I hope you learned something from this. You know, about lustful pleasures, sexual immorality, impurity. You know... I hope this study blessed you. I hope you. <laughs> I hope it helps you think twice. You know. Of why it is important. But if you're struggling. It's not something that you have to deal with. It's not something that you know what. I'm always going to be marked by this. I'm always going to have this reputation. That's not true. That's not true. Because the only judgment that matters is God's. And you give your life to Christ. He will judge you no more. It's like if you never did it. He's not going to bring up like oh well you have like what four baby daddies. He's not going to bring any of that up. And anybody else that does. You'll stand righteous with him. So if you have a problem. Go in prayer. God knows everything anyways. He knows every single thing about your life. He knows every single secret that you kept. He knows everything anyways. All he wants you to do is just confess and say, you know what, God, I need you. I need you to take away this, these desires so I can be righteous for you. You know, and he can heal your heart. Because there's a lot of times where we try to find love in the wrong places. But the thing is, God can heal your heart. He can heal your heart from all the times that you've been maybe sexually abused. All those times that, you know what? And people have dealt with this, man. They've dealt with things that have happened to them when they were kids. And they have, like, no control over it. And that's why certain generation curses, whether they, maybe they got molested as a child and now that spirit jumped into them and they're looking at other kids. They're grown and they're looking at other kids that way. And they go, well, that's just a disgusting habit and nobody can, you know, they can't be set free from that. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. God loves everybody. Everybody. He doesn't love the sin, but he loves everybody. 
And I've heard people who used to be homosexual, now they're married, you know, to the opposite sex. You know, with kids, happy. They don't have any of those feelings anymore. Now they're ministering to people saying, you know what, it's possible. People that have been molested by some a family member when they were kids share their testimony to help those that, you know what, that also were molested. To where they're even forgiving the one that molested them. It's possible. And we hear testimonies about that and it is possible. You know, God can deliver you, God can help you. And even though it might be so hard to forgive your worst enemy, especially if one of these areas is what happened to you. And then there's sometimes people turn homosexual because they've been, you know, hurt so many times by the opposite sex. And I go, wow, this other woman, you know, woman saying about another woman... I feel more love with this one than than the opposite sex. God can turn all that around. You know what I'm saying? And maybe some of you guys are really like, no, I'd rather just stay the way I am. Let God heal your heart. You know? And let Him be the Lord of your life. It is possible, okay, it is possible for God to heal you. I hope this blesses you. And recording four will, um, part four we'll be talking, I'll be talking about, um, let's see, idolatry, hostility, and sorcery. You're going to learn a lot on that one. But I hope this teaching blessed you on sexual morality, lustful pleasures, and impurity. Hope you learned a lot. And, you know, go to God. Let God be the Lord of your life. Okay. Let him give you that second chance. Thanks, guys.